0: And well.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Empower Hour with Dufferin Media. I am your co host, Stephanie Adams, and we also have our other lovely co host. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Sarah Clark. I'm a media strategist and the founder of Dufferin Media. Welcome, everybody. Uh, we're so excited to, uh, to have you here for this week's episode, and it is even more exciting because we have our very, very first guest. So we're super excited about that. Um, our first guest is owner and founder of Curly Shirley. Sam, welcome. Good morning. It's so nice to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I know it's so exciting. We've, uh, we've known each other for a couple of years now when we worked together on your branding for your business a few years ago, which still to my day is one of my favorite pieces of work that I've ever worked on. It was, uh, it was a really fun project. So thank you for, uh, for letting me work with you on that. Thank
2: you for working with me as well.
1: So tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? What
2: is, uh, what has brought you to the empower hour? As you mentioned, my name is Sam, uh, or Samantha. I like to go by Sam, though, Um, and I own Curly Shirley Art, uh, and pretty much it's just everything about creativity. It's really using creativity to explore our inner selves. Um, So I have a background in social service work, um, but I've always loved the arts, so I've just been trying to navigate how to blend the two of them together in a way that works for me personally, so... That's kind of what I do. Um, We run a lot of different events. I do pieces, you know, like artwork and stuff like that. And then I also do paint sessions, which are um, based on intention. Uh, So it's about, again, like connecting to yourself, learning about, you know, your body, your feelings, um, your thoughts, how you relate to them. Pretty much using paint. So getting a little messy with it.
1: I love that. That's, I didn't, I didn't realize that you, uh, you did the, the classes and stuff like that. That's so awesome. I can't, I want to do one now. I want to get messy with paint. I want to do that. (laughs)
0: Yeah. That sounds fun. Let's do that. Yeah. I, uh,
1: I think that's so creative, like exploring yourself with, with paint (laughs) is such a a different way to, to go about it. That's definitely tapping into your creative side. A lot of people, uh, that might scare a lot of people, but that's really exciting. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, so what got you started in your industry? What made you wanted to to uh, to get started in in this art industry?
2: Um, to be honest, it more so started with exploring myself, grief that I deal with, things that I go through and particularly navigating just womanhood for me. Um, I grew up without my mom, so art was always kind of like an outlet for me when it came to that. Um, And when I just realized how much of a difference it made for me and just seeing the people that I was around that were sort of into the arts and how it made a difference for them too, I just kind of wanted to share that with the world. So that's kind of how it started. And then it just so happened to kind of grow into something much bigger than I really anticipated, but I'm definitely grateful for it. That's a background story
1: that, uh, hits, hits your, uh, hits the heartstrings, but that is, uh, that's something that is, you've taken a positive out of a, a negative and
0: turned it into something,
1: which is, is lovely. Yeah, definitely.
0: I personally have found that art can be therapeutic. And I think as someone who I don't really identify as being very artistic, when I've had the opportunity to do something creative, like take a paint class or do crafts with my kids, I always find it very calming. And at the end, I'm quite surprised with myself how much creativity actually is in me. And I think that it's probably
2: in everybody and people just don't realize it. Yeah, exactly. I think a big part of creativity is it's not just so much about painting itself or doing something artistic. It's really about how you choose to navigate life on an everyday basis, you know? So The most important thing for me with these sessions is that I'm just giving people tools to really understand themselves more. And even if they go and use it for something else, I mean, creativity can be used for baking. It can be used for playing a sport, you know, how you decide to do the different sports moves. I don't know any of them, but, you know, everybody has their own way of expressing things. Um, And I think once we kind of bring it back to ourselves and really understanding ourselves, that's where we you know, make room for that creativity and expression to really come out.
1: And I think also for me, it's that, I guess it's that process of when you're doing something with your hands as well. Like for me, when I am, usually like obviously like I'm most creative when I'm you know in front of a laptop but there will be times where I will go back and I will go back to drawing which is how I got started you know with graphics and art and all of that was basically doing live drawings and and doing you know just nature drawings and different types of drawings and anything that I could do with my hands I always felt very it was very therapeutic for me I felt like I was something was happening and I was making something and I was putting that connection from my, what was going on inside of my mind and my head and my heart. And it was coming out through my hands onto the paper. And and sometimes it didn't make sense. Sometimes the things that I was, you know, drawing or putting together were completely obscure and they didn't make sense. But to me, I felt like, I had released something and, you know, I had either, you know, let go of something that was sitting on my shoulders as a burden, or I was, you know, trying to navigate through a problem and doing that with my hands really helped me to, to figure out, you know, what I wanted to do and what decision I wanted to make, or at the end of the day, just to, you know, feel like I was more in control.
2: Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. There's a there's a proverb that says something like that. I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's sort of like moving your your pain or your emotions through your hands to to create something tangible mm-hmm. can show you that like emotions are not the way that we 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 kind of have a tendency to demonize emotions, especially if they're not good feeling emotions. But all emotions mm. are actually not good but they they can work in our favor if we're able to sort of hone in on that energy in a in a good way right
1: yeah yeah and and then creating that tangible product is almost like it's harder to It's harder to come face to face with an emotion you're dealing with, especially if it is a negative one. It's harder to come face to face with it when it's not physical. Like it's not something that you can, you can hold or touch or smell or see, but when you have something that is in a tangible form, it kind of gives you a way to deal with it or to figure out a solution to it. And even if those, I mean, it could be a positive emotion as well, but most of the time for me and experience in the past, for me, it's been, you know, negative, like anxiety or stress or or sadness or grief. But if I have something tangible, I find that I can deal with it better um, and find solutions of, of how to cope with that emotion better if I'm I'm looking at something
2: that represents it physically. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's it's really easy to suppress things, especially in the world that we live in you know you kind of you're told like go 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 you know it doesn't give you a moment to really think or or feel your emotions to be honest and again like just building a relationship with the different emotions that you have so you can learn how to respond and react to them better you know Um, a lot of the times in the sessions I try to ask people you know like when you're when you're doing this like w- what are you saying to yourself you know when you think that your painting looks ugly how are you speaking to yourself because most of the time how you speak to yourself is not how you would speak to anybody else so it's kind of weird that we have a tendency to speak to ourselves like that you know what I mean
1: yeah I've never I never thought of it that way but that's so true
2: <laughs> yeah I, I really had to work on that for myself because I like I have paintings and I'll start them. And I'll be like, oh, my gosh, this is so ugly. I don't want to touch it, you know. Um, and it just comes down to like trusting the process, trusting yourself and really trusting like your intuition and your gut. When it's saying you have a masterpiece like that's coming, like it's flowing, it's flowing through you. It's working its way like through your limbs. You're going to get it on this canvas. But your brain just tries to tell you something completely different.
0: That is really true as as a parent when my i notice my children being hard on themselves which we tend to do so as a parent it's in our nature to tell them that you know you don't have it doesn't have to be perfect just be creative just have fun just enjoy the process and yet if it's myself it's a completely different message because we are our own worst critics so i'm often then in my own head telling myself the exact opposite of what I would be telling my children. So that's a really interesting observation. Yeah. I
1: I never would have thought of it that way, but it's so true. It's like, even when I'm putting together like a, you know, a logo or something and I will be so hard on myself and be like, that's so ugly stuff. You don't know what you're doing. Like, why are you like you just, this is stupid. Um, but I would never, I would never be that aggressive in an opinion towards somebody else, but I'm so critical of myself and what I do. And growing up, you know, yeah, I always had parents who were like, you know, you know, everything that you do is good. It's creative. Just try your best. Everything that you put out has a purpose. Um, But you don't really have anybody to tell you that when you're older. Uh, When you're an adult, you're kind of like left to your own devices when it comes to your thoughts on what you do so you kind of have to get into that mindset of not being so you know hard on yourself um every single time you don't
2: produce something the first go exactly it like Sarah just said it really is about having fun it's about you know it's like figuring out what works for you and what doesn't for instance I love the blending time of oils. It gives you lots of room to, you know, play around. But my patience, I'm not very good with patience. So I would know that oil is not, it's something that I can do, but it's not necessarily my forte. You know what I mean? So it's really just, you can't go wrong. You really can't.
1: I did art for three years in high school and I can't express to you how much I hated oils because... (laughs) I had no patience. I, the, like, I can't, like, I had one semester that was just oil. I, that's all we could work with. And I wanted to cry because I just couldn't, I had no patience. I was like, I'm walking away. This is, this is stupid. I can't do this. And again, I was doing the same thing. Everything that I do is, is bad. Everything that I do, I can't work with oils, but I just, I wasn't allowing myself to have fun with it. Um, I just, I was being too critical of, you know, the, the medium and me and I just, but yeah, oils, um, from my very little experience with it, um, you do need patience. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. So, um,
0: Samantha, yes what made you want to become
2: self-employed? Um, I would probably say just how much I love art and sort of knowing what it's done for me, how it's helped me, how it's helped shape things for me. I just really wanted to sort of pass that on to other people. Um, not even so much just the art aspect, just again, like the message behind it. Uh, and then I would probably also say because I I didn't want to work like a regular job. Like I knew I didn't really want to do an office kind of job. Um, I'm more of a hands-on person. So... I just tried to find a way around being in an office all day long.
0: That makes a lot of sense. I think creatives have a hard time allowing themselves to be creative if they're in a a box of a routine where they have to be creative so many hours or certain hours a day in a certain environment. It's not easy to be creative in that environment when it's forced. Yeah. So there's definitely
2: flexibility and freedom and being self-employed. Yes, exactly. One thing I will say though, is I thought it was going to be like maybe less work. No. <laughs> but it almost feels like more work. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah. I was
1: the same. I thought, oh, you know, working for myself, I'm going to have all this time to do all these things. I'm going to, vacation all the time and i'm going to have days where i can just be a lady of leisure and and read a book and and go for you know a 2 hour walk along the beach and no i i literally will work 7 days a week sometimes until 10 p.m. you know or longer if i've got deadlines it's it's more work it is yeah For sure. yeah. It's very rewarding though. And we were talking about that in our first episode that uh, although it can be challenging, it is extremely rewarding
2: when you are in that situation. It is. And one thing I actually noticed is that I have to give myself a distinct cutoff time of of not working because I love it so much and, and then it blends with my work. So it's kind of like, I need to make sure that I'm having a work-life balance, you know, um, which is it's been difficult because, again, like I'm if I'm having fun, like painting or doing anything just like creative, because for me, like a lot of a lot of it is creative. Like even thinking about like how I'm going to package things and, you know, how my how my stuff is going to be put together and even taking pictures for like Instagram or like social media. And it's sort of like I can get so caught up and like hours and hours will go by and I'm like I'm more of a nighttime person, so I will end up working like all night long and then have to wake up like for 8 a.m. because I'm still I'm still working a little bit on the side. Um, So just balancing those two is is definitely been a challenge. Um, But yeah, I'm not complaining because like you said, it's it's rewarding for sure. Yeah, it's almost like you you have it, especially
1: in those moments where you have so many ideas flowing through you or or things you want to do, you kind of you kind of can't stop the process. You kind of just have to keep going. And I've had those nights as well, where I've just worked into the very early hours of the morning. Cause I've just been so excited. I mean, when I've been working on stuff for this podcast, I look at the clock and it's, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon, and then it's suddenly 8 PM at night. And I haven't even had one sip of water because I'm just so like engrossed in, in what's going on. Cause I love it. Um, and it's, it's so nice that you get to do that and call that your job. You know, like that's what you do for work. It's not like a, a hobby or a side thing. Um, and that's what it should be about. Like you should be doing stuff every day that you love to do and you get so engrossed in that you don't want to stop. That is the, you know, that's what you want to achieve. That's what you want to work towards is being in that position, not just doing your nine to five and then going home and, you know, having dinner, going to bed and doing it all again the next day and
2: and not really leaving feeling like you've accomplished something. Yeah, I definitely agree. Especially because when you're working for yourself, you kind of are making your own rules and you're working with how you work as an individual. So again, it's just another opportunity for me to really explore myself, like explore my strengths, explore my weaknesses, kind of what works for me, what doesn't. Like, you know, there's some people that they have to wake up early in the morning and get everything started and kind of, you know, whereas like, again, me, I'm more of a night owl. So trying to gear my my evenings around that, um, kind of while working with like, say, for instance, the dynamics in my home, you know, everybody's coming home, everybody wants to interact, but now's my time to kind of get to work. Um, sometimes I want to work through the middle of the night. It's very loud what I'm doing, going back and forth with the paintbrush on the canvas and people are sleeping, right? (laughs) They have to get up in the morning. So even just little stuff like that, it's, it's really interesting to see, um, you know, how my skills have, how my skill set has grown, like even just with time management, that was something I was not very good at. It's still a work in progress, but it's definitely required me to change some things about myself. And ultimately, it's, it's only for the better.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Time management as a business owner is probably one of my biggest challenges. It's not just managing all the tasks that are required to work with my clients and grow the business, but then I have I have children. I have a household. I have my own personal life and self-care. Time management for me has been one of the things that I constantly am trying to improve. It's, it can be very stressful when I'm not managing my time properly.
1: I find that for me, Time management's always been one of those things that I have excelled in, but I think that comes from the fact that I do have OCD, so I use that to my advantage sometimes. But the time time management for me has been something I've always—it's always been a, a blessing that it's been a skill of mine. However, since I have been at home full time, like I haven't had that break of really going anywhere to work, like my office is is my house. Um, I've noticed I do get distracted more with being at home all the time because sometimes my mind will wander or I'll turn my head and say I should vacuum the floor um <laughs> or you know I will think about did I did I take that out for dinner and then I'll go to the kitchen and I'll find something to do in the kitchen and I find that just being at home there's more distractions so I although I've been always good at time management I've had to really work on it the last you know, 12 to, to 18 months while being at home um, because of, uh, you know, the distractions. And and like you said, Sam, when everybody's coming home at night and wanting to interact with you uh, and you're wanting to get work done, um, you know, that's the same for me. I've got people who are here wanting to interact with me and, and I wouldn't usually have that if I wasn't at home. So it is something that does get a, get challenging now for me.
2: Yeah, I think being at home can be very distracting again it's I try to spin things in a positive way by saying like it's another opportunity to learn more about yourself but it's definitely easier said than done um, because I'm one of those people like if I'm sort of in my in my yeah. space which includes my bed like I like to work <laughs> from my bed but then I kind of have to fight the feeling of like wanting to just chill or relax or Lay down, you know, when I gotta get stuff done. So I definitely, I definitely resonate with that. I'm also like, if I know I have something to do and I'm sort of having like imposter syndrome about it, like thinking, oh, it's not gonna turn out well or the person's not gonna like it who I'm making it for, like I will find any excuse in the book to distract myself. And that definitely includes like cleaning, cooking, like deep cleaning yeah. <laughs> something that I haven't touched for years. Yeah. Something that you're probably not going to touch for another couple
1: of years, yeah. <laughs> but that really needs to be cleaned. Yeah. I did the same thing on Sunday. Actually I was working and then, I mean, it was a Sunday, so I guess you can forgive me for that, but I was working. And then I just, I, I was getting sick of just sitting and I just wasn't in the zone. So then I thought <clears throat> I am going to, go around the house and, stick up all of our alarm sensors on the walls that have just been sitting on the kitchen counter for the past four years. They've been fine. They've been fine for the past four years. They have been working. They have been fine. I don't know, but now they needed to be stuck on the walls. So I did that for two hours. Um, and I just kept saying to myself, I was this is not work. This is not work, but I just didn't want to do it because I just wasn't in the zone. So yeah, I found that to do. Um, I mean, it's great. I got something done, but it was not work. <laughs>
0: Sometimes
2: it can be a good refresher though.
0: That reminds me of my tendency to procrastinate when I don't want to do things. And I think that um that might be one of my downfalls that I am trying to improve too is if there's a task that I really don't want to do, then I procrastinate on it and in the end it takes up so much more mental energy than it ever deserved than if I had just sat down and done that task in my business or um, in my personal life. So I'm definitely working on procrastination and time management on a constant basis. And I always admire Steph after working with her for over a year now. And I've asked her multiple times, do you ever sleep? Because she seems so efficient with her time. And it's something that I really admire because I, I definitely feel like I'm juggling time all all over the place all i'm wearing different hats i've got so much on the go and you know sometimes stuff you seem like you're one step ahead of me more than once i've thought that how did she get that already like it's just it's amazing so and unfortunately it, it does stem, it, it does stem from my
1: OCD. So if that does make you feel any better, it's just because I, that is just, that is wire, hardwired into me, unfortunately, but it is one thing that I will say I am thankful for. Um, has always been my very good time management, uh, but uh, that doesn't mean to say that I uh, I get si- I don't get sidetracked because uh, I definitely do, um, and I kind of am like a squirrel. Sometimes I will see something and then I'll think, oh, that that's interesting, <laughs> and it will only be when I'm doing something that I don't want to do, or if I, I know in my mind in the back of my mind I have something that I'm trying to uh, to put off. And like you said, it takes when you do do that and you kind of put it off and then you get to doing it, it ends up taking more mental energy that it should have taken it. Like it shouldn't have taken that much. And then at the end, it didn't even take that long. I find to do it. And I'm like, why didn't I just do it? Like when it should have been done in the first place. But I think you start to work yourself so up so much about it, like on the inside that you, uh, you continually keep putting it off until you get around to doing it. And then you think I should have just done this in the first place, but it's one of those like continual cycles that you you battle to get out of and i that's what i struggle with is is those projects where there's something about it that you don't want to do so you continually put it off but then when you get around to doing it it didn't even take that long it wasn't even that bad you've created the problem for yourself because you've you know hyped yourself up about it too much and then it ended up being fine so learning how to kind of not do that has been one of my
2: my biggest challenges and something that i am still working on it's really funny that you mentioned the um that it doesn't usually take long because I I find that very often and I'm usually kicking myself. Um, yeah, so I've right? been trying. Yeah, like I've been trying this new thing where I try to put the thing that I want to do the least <laughs> at the top, just so that you know I have something to look forward to after. So say that's like, what I've been doing as well. Yeah, and I find that I've tried. I've been works. doing that too. <laughs> yeah. I like it much better than saving, like I save the best for last almost, you know? Yeah, because
1: then once you've got that project or that task or whatever it is out of the way, you kind of just feel relaxed and then you have everything that you want to do or you're excited to do in front of you rather than that last task being the one that
2: you're dreading. Exactly. It's definitely a a mental thing, like you were saying about the the mental energy that you give to it because you're you're guilting yourself. You're like, you know, I I need to get this done. I need to get it done. I just I don't want to do it. So when you kind of get it out of the way and you remove all of that sort of, you know, the cloudedness in your mental, it, it makes it makes the task much easier. And it makes you feel like you're making progress. It makes you feel like you're actually you know, getting things done. Um, so yeah, I've just, I've found that that's what's been working for me lately. I love that. That's a great, great
0: suggestion. Thank you. I'm going to take that with me.
1: Yeah. I've, I've only recently started doing that and I honestly can say it has, I mean, there are some times when I don't and then I kick myself for not doing it, but when I do do it, I honestly can say it has made a very big difference. Um, It just helps with the flow of things and I feel that that one task that I was dreading is done now and now I'm, you know, onwards and upwards and the stuff I am doing I'm excited about. And then, yeah, you do feel like you've accomplished something, you haven't put anything off, you've got it done, Um, and overall it just gives you, you just feel better about it it's, it's so, I, and I don't know why I didn't do, haven't done this earlier, but I literally just started in like the last couple of months. I'm like, why, why have I been doing, not doing
2: this? Yeah. a it's an amazing, it's an amazing trick. The biggest thing for me is I, I like to feel empowered. So I I try to gear my actions towards things that are going to make me feel empowered. So I think in that sense, once you kind of get through that task and then the rest of the rest of your tasks it just makes you it makes you feel like you really did something and you kind of you just feel like you're on top of things and it's almost like you could take on the world like you know wow I really didn't want to do that and I did it first I knocked it out the ballpark and then say for instance it's working with a client and then the client ends up like loving it it's like wow like I was really saying all these things or having all these negative feelings towards something that didn't even work out the way that I thought it was gonna play out. So it kind of just reinforces that whole like what's going on with your mind, the thoughts that you have, how you relate to those thoughts in general, Um, which I think is kind of cool because I apply it to the art stuff, but it ends up overflowing into every aspect of my life, which has been like super helpful with helping me grow as a person.
0: Wow, that's great. I love that you use the word empower because our podcast is called The Empower Hour. And it's, it's definitely, that's one of the ways that we can feel empowered. Do you have any other suggestions on how you can uh, use creativity or that you found in your business
2: that helps you feel empowered? To be honest, I would probably say using art as a means of being like authentic and connecting with other people I think that most of the feel feel good feels that I've gotten from doing what I do is really from the way that I've connected with other people and sort of what they what they send back to me so for instance with the paint nights I didn't really intend to solely move it towards intentional paint nights but when I started talking about these things and I realized like how I was touching people and connecting with them on that level it just made me feel good to know that I was making some kind of a change and I only came about that by really being authentic and I kind of have to be honest with people about the whole um, grieving my mom situation that That was something when I was young, like I I felt a lot of shame about, you know, like I felt different. I felt like not included and it wasn't anything that anyone was doing intentionally. It's just that was part of my like grief and what I had to go through in terms of how I navigated that grief. Right. Um, And I think just even helping people with those kind of tools about like, you know, not being so hard on yourself and and the way that you speak to yourself, the way that you relate to the feelings that you have. I mean, feelings are so powerful. The world tries to make us seem like feelings don't, you know, like, oh, you just push them to the side, you keep going, which it's like, that's great for the moment. But long term, that's not sustainable, right? You have to find a way to, like, face those feelings, address them and figure out how you're going to make a better relationship with with them because you don't learn it in school many of us I mean God bless our parents but we don't learn that much from them because they themselves are learning from what they've been taught and you know a lot of it has to do with I mean inner child healing for me you know like just thinking about little Sam and the things that she needed and the things that she didn't get and some of those things that I didn't get they weren't maliciously intended to not be given to me you know it just so happens that who I am as a person. um, I was still figuring it out. And so were the people around me. And it's just, it's just really about like exploring yourself and being true to yourself, even if it doesn't fit the status quo is probably what I would say in whatever realm that means.
1: Yeah. That is listening to you say that about emotions and you know, acknowledging them and how society tells us to, you know, ignore them and push them to the side. That really hits home with me because I've always been a very, very emotional person and my mum, you know, is as well. And I was always taught, you know, in, in our relationship that, you know, to Emotions are valid and you should be talking about them, but then when you kind of go out into the big scary world, nobody wants to. And I've found that the last, you know, nearly six years that I've been living in Canada has been a very different journey for me emotionally because I've been learning how to navigate, how to be away from home. Um, and I've been experiencing all of these new emotions at a you know mature adult age that I've never experienced before of you know being homesick and and you know missing my parents and my friends and my grandparents and nobody really has told you how to deal with them because if you've not been in that situation before you don't really know how to deal with them and and you know nobody in my family has so. For me to be able, I have to navigate those. And I often find the best way for me to deal with those emotions when I do have those days, or sometimes weeks, sometimes months, when I am extremely homesick. The best way for me to deal with it is to be creative, is to be expressing myself in a creative way, whether that be through graphic design or whether that be through baking, which I do do, or whether that be through trying different recipes, just somehow putting those emotions into something, those negative emotions of, you know, being homesick and and being upset that I'm away from home, putting them into something productive and something that is beautiful on the other end, um, I found has been very helpful for me, but it is a challenge learning to navigate and deal with those emotions when you are living in a society that it's
0: very, um, still taboo to talk about. I think that, um, I think that what I'm hearing is there's, there's a lot of discussion that we're having about emotions and authenticity and acknowledging, that we're all human and that we all have emotions and that we need to work through them and not bury them is empowering in itself because if we in fact bury them and don't allow ourselves to grow and heal then that could be a barrier in our personal and potentially our business growth so it's amazing that you have this creative outlet through your business that You can help others through your art business to empower them to work through their emotions. So I think that's just amazing, Sam, that you get to, um, you know, apply this to your own healing journey, as well as help others through theirs. And you have a business that you're building at the same time. It's, that's a beautiful thing. Thank you. I appreciate
2: you saying that it definitely hasn't been easy but it's it's rewarding for sure and again like some of the reward comes from the things that i learn about myself but most of the rewarding stuff comes from what i hear other people say back to me and then also what i learn from interacting with those people like i think there's i know there's the there's the concept of you know misery loves company which great i don't necessarily agree with that but i think that there is there is a feeling of like solace in community and knowing that people identify with you um even if it's just grief alone it doesn't have to be the exact same like situation just knowing that, you know, like you said, we're all human and we all go through things and things are not as easy as you see, like, you know, when people are posting on social media or, you know, what you see on TV, what you see in the movies, that authenticity is really, it's really what helps heal.
1: I, uh, a hundred percent agree. I think, yeah, that authenticity is what helps heal and then seeing it in other people, um, kind of gives you also that, uh, that ability to, to relate to them and kind of say, okay, I'm not the only one going through this, or I'm not the only one feeling like this. Um, and it makes it just a little bit easier to, uh, to navigate through that healing process and those emotions. Yeah, for sure. So, Sam, did you have any growing up or even, even now, cause we, you know, even when we are established, we still do have role models, but did you have any role models that kind of helped shape your, your entrepreneurship and your career?
2: Um, I don't know if I, if I'd say that I had anyone shape my entrepreneurship, but I've definitely had people around me that shaped my vision or helped me sort of hone in on what my vision was or what what you know what success means to me um i think the i have three main people will probably be my grandma because she came here from a different country with just a suitcase in her hand and you know she built our family up to the way that it is and i'm sort of just trying to carry on that legacy um and then i'd probably say to be honest my dad Just because of the things that we've had to go through together. And I think that the older that I get, the more I realize just how much strength it takes for him to be able to sort of like pick himself and me back up after, you know, everything happened with my mom. I think that that takes a crazy amount of tenacity and he he's one of those people who views emotions a little bit differently but it's it's interesting to see that him viewing it that way although we talk a lot about you know understanding your emotions and navigating them and all of that kind of stuff to see how far he was able to get by doing things the way that he has done them just goes to show how important it is to have a balance of yes acknowledging emotions but also kind of having your your logic with you as well um yeah his tenacity and just continuously pushing forward even when it's not easy even when he doesn't understand what's going on when he's not sure what to do like he it was really just me him and my brother so everything about again being a woman i've i've had to navigate on my own but my dad sort of laid the foundation down you know like all the shaving legs, like, you know, teaching me about like lady days, like those are things <laughs> that he taught me. And that's not something that you would expect <laughs> from a grown man. Right. So I think that the fact that he was able to, you know, I, I do think that he used an emotion now that I think about it. And I think that that emotion was love. You know, he took his love for me. He took his love for my mom and he really used that to channel everything that he did every day um, because, you know, yeah just the like thinking back of the things that he taught me how awkward i felt like on being on the receiving end i couldn't imagine (laughs) what it's like like having to talk to your like daughter about certain things you know um but yeah i'm definitely like super appreciative um for him in regards to that and i think that that made like a really big difference in terms of like my work ethic especially um And I think lastly, I would probably say like my mom's sister, just to see how she was really able to step in when, um, during just like a very crucial time, you know, like having someone around was really important for me and she kind of stepped in and she, she really took it over. Um, and I think that although it was her sister, I think that was like her best friend as well. And it, it just kind of gave me a really good idea about what it means to sort of, again, keep pushing when it's not easy, but also, like, about my support system. Like, if I didn't have all of these different things in place, I don't think that my entrepreneurship would be possible. You know, it's like all these little puzzle pieces that fit together that create my foundation, and I've just been building on what was already given to me. So I would just say, like, I'm just really inspired by the luck that i have from the people that were around me
0: wow that's you definitely had a lot of positive influences around you to help lift you up it's amazing how i love how you said about all the different puzzle pieces because i think that's true for all of us we have all these different experiences and things that we've dealt with in our life and they all help shape who we are today we do have a decision we have choices obviously on how we let them shape
2: our lives but um, that's amazing! What a great story. Thank you. I do want to point out, though, that's that's something that I try to bring up in my paint nights, especially is that sometimes we can't control things, but. When we focus on the things that are in our control, for instance, if you don't have that support system or as much of a support system as you would like, it's important for you to figure out more about yourself and and your needs and what you want so that you can really figure out like what your checklist is when it comes to your close circle and your support system, you know, because... Although I'm speaking of like my blood family, there are a lot of people who are not related to me by blood that are a great support system, and it is possible for you to find that in people outside of that immediate circle as well.
0: Hundred percent,
1: hundred yeah, hundred percent. That's so true, especially for me personally. Um, like I, you know, I have a my obviously my family, my blood support system in Australia, but since moving to Canada, I've kind of had to to find that secondary support system that are of, you know, friends that I've made here and it is true. You can find it. They are out there. Um, and then it is so lovely to be able to have that support system of people who are, you know, they've got your back. They're there to, to cheer you on from the sidelines and they, you know, they want you to achieve, um, who are, you know, not your family, who are, who are there by choice. Um, so that's, uh,
2: that's really nice to, to hear. I mean that that's got to be difficult I couldn't imagine which is why I kind of said I really look up to my grandma because I could not do that I could not leave my bubble I'm too chicken like I talk a lot about like you know going outside of what you what you what you're used to but I've just always been here and I I would love to to move and live somewhere else but I'm just I'm way too chicken it's it's
1: it's difficult it is it's it's people don't explain they don't tell you how hard it is to leave your bubble because um, I had a huge bubble um like my family and friends are, are everything to me so for me to get up and leave and pretty much go to the furthest place away from Australia, um, was, uh, was definitely challenging. Um, but I would do it all over again in a heartbeat. I do not regret one step of it. Um, everything happens for a reason. I was meant to be here. I am meant to be living in Canada. Um, And I'm a different person than what I was, you know, five years ago. I have grown so much. I have, you know, explored myself emotionally. I have figured out what I actually want in life. Um, And for me to be able to do that, it, it just took me kind of to remove myself from that scenery. Um, although I love, loved living in Australia, I would obviously go back tomorrow, but, um, it is difficult, but it's like, you know, running your own business and being an entrepreneur, it is extremely rewarding. And I do have those days still where I, I want to get on a plane and go home. Um, that's a given you'll get homesick, but, uh, it's something that, um, I think if anybody has the chance to do once in their life to, be abroad for a little while, I would say, take it. If you've got it, it is, uh, it is one of those things that kind of, uh, it changes your life. It really
0: does for the better. Well, I'm certainly glad that you decided to move Steph. (laughs) Me too. Yeah. We are grateful to have you. Me too. Me too. Um, so Sam, just as an artist and as a business owner,
2: I'd love to know, where do you draw inspiration from? That's a good question. Most of my inspiration has come from, again, like exploring my grief. Um, But in the process of exploring my grief, I've really gotten into spirituality uh, and, and a lot of meditation. So to be honest, I usually meditate on my canvas before I paint on it. Uh, whether that's sort of like moving meditation where I sort of just have the the canvas on my easel and I clean the space around um, or I leave it on the easel and I I take a nap or I sleep or something like that. Um, And I honestly just work with the things that come to me because I I use it as an exercise to just connect with my intuition a little bit more. Um, So really I just work with little pieces that I'm given in the meditation or sort of like I call them downloads sort of you know how you download things on the computer they're really fast so you'll notice sometimes like you're out and about throughout the day and like different thoughts come to you or you think of different things so if they they kind of come to me I sort of just put them down in my notes or if I have a little notebook and then I go home and I find a way to tie them together usually I, I, it doesn't take much to tie it together because there's usually a, a specific theme like if I put out into the universe like I I'm looking to to do a new piece. What should I do this piece on? Like what should I put in here? What should be the subject matter? Different things will just come to me, even like with my interactions with people, um, you know, kind of things that I'll see online or see um, when I'm watching shows. But again, it, it's more about figuring out how to be like present in the moment. So I would say a lot of my inspiration comes from being present yeah because that's sort of what meditation is right Mm -hmm.
0: i love that i had not experienced doing meditation until i did um a meditation challenge last year and i couldn't believe how um how calming it was and how it made me feel centered for Mm -hmm. the rest of the day and helped me just clarify my messaging so I think that's amazing that you're using that in your art and in your business. That's, that's great. Thank you for sharing that.
1: I, uh, I might need to hit you up for some tips on meditation. I, I still haven't been able to figure it out. I can't, I mean, I sit there and then I start thinking I should be cleaning the kitchen. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. I can't switch my brain off. I I
2: really can't. I need help. Well, like I kind of mentioned, I don't, really sit down and meditate like I do every once in a while just sort of keep myself accountable but there's a lot of different types of meditation there's moving meditations which is like I was mentioning like I'll just clean the space so even if you're cleaning and you're being intentional so for instance washing the dishes is a really good time to meditate Uh, vacuuming oh yeah Sweeping. yeah or even if you're listening to music if you're intentional about the music that you're listening to and you're jamming out and you're saying to yourself i'm just going to cleanse my like my energy you know and cleanse my aura while i'm doing this that in itself is a form of meditation i would say look up moving meditation because i'm okay. i'm super restless so
1: yeah i i think i think i might because i am restless too i just can't I can't sit still. And even when I'm working, I either have to have, you know, one leg on the chair or one leg over there. Like I can't be like, I've had to get myself a back cushion and a foot rest to kind of force myself to sit properly. Cause my back is always sore. Um, but moving meditation. Okay. I, uh, yeah. I think I might look that up.
2: You doing your, your artwork too is, is also moving meditation though. Just Hmm. so you know, like even if you're typing like a story, you're journaling. That's moving meditation, to me at least, because you're kind of spacing out, right?
0: (laughs) I'd be happy to share the abundance challenge that I did too. Um, It's it's called the Deepak Chopra meditation challenge on abundance, and it was a 21 day challenge. It's available on YouTube and i just listen to one video every day so it's like a guided meditation and i just found it really helpful to introduce myself into that more formal form of meditation so maybe that's something that we can share with our listeners as well
1: yeah we can absolutely put that in the the show notes for sure i think a lot of people uh, a lot of people would be interested in that especially if you're new to it um and you don't really know where to start, um, that would be something if it's like, you know, one of those 21 day challenges, uh, that would be, uh, something for people to try like me, who's, you know, not really done it before properly. There you go. We should do it together. Yes, let's do it. We we can (laughs) have, we can have one episode where we just meditate. We'll see how that goes. (laughs) Hey, we could get people to when they're listening to be involved in the meditation as well. We can uh, have it as a live meditation.
0: We would all fall asleep if we tried to meditate, I think, together.
1: I know. We would. I know. I, it's like whenever I do yoga and we're doing we, – and when I do yoga and we do like the cool down and I fall asleep at the end of it. I can't control this. <laughs> too relaxed. I always have to get woken up by the instructor like, ah, uh, ma'am, the class finished 15 minutes ago. I'm
2: sorry. <laughs> um. <Whoops.
1: laughs> yeah, my bad. Uh, so, Sam, <laughs> lastly, what is – one piece of advice that you would give anybody that came up to you and said, you inspire me, you inspired me so much to start my own business. What advice can you give me? Go for it.
2: Obviously think it out, have, have some kind of structure, a, a plan. Um, don't like, I don't want to say overinvest because that's probably not the right word or phrase, but. You just want to have enough of a plan that you can take it a step at a time. And, you know, just go left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. See where it goes. Have an idea, obviously. Don't be too too strict on it, but don't flow too far from it either. Just sort of moderation. And, again, like, be present and feel it out and see how it goes. But, like, 100%, go for it. Like, I would never say to, to take the safe the safe way out. Like, that's just... Not I, I don't condone that. Like I mean, cool if that's what you do if if that's what helps. But there is a way to kind of navigate being an entrepreneur and still having structure. So for instance, I I still actually have another job. You know, just so that I feel stable enough. Um, until I get to the point that I, it's like that um safety net. Yeah, exactly. Like of, if if that's what works yeah. for you, but. I would probably let them know, like, go for it. There's really no cookie cutter way to do this thing. Just it's really about trusting the process and enjoying the journey and kind of identifying like where to cut your losses and where to take risks. You don't have to be like a huge risk taker to do it. Anybody can do it. You just have to take it a step at a time.
1: I love that. I love that advice.
2: I think that is, yeah, so
1: wonderful to hear to just yeah, to do it and don't be scared and just go for it. And I think that that is what holds a lot of people back is that fear of not succeeding. Um, and that fear of, of not having the security that, you know, a regular nine to five would give you. But, you know, if you're in that situation where you can do both until you feel you're ready to, you know, have your business be just, you know, the one, um, then by all means, use that as your safety net. There's nothing wrong with doing that. And if that's going to allow you to achieve what you will want to achieve, then, then go for it. Exactly.
2: I think sometimes when we're so worried about the outcome of things, it's sort of like we're trying to make the outcome fit into the life that we're in right now. You know, like if you think about who you were even six months ago, business-wise, did you really anticipate that you would be where you're at? Like when you were doing my logo and my business cards and my banners and stuff, did you ever think that you would do a podcast? No. I'm I don't think that was something that was like at the forefront of your mind, right? But you were just God, no, I no no way. I just yeah, I I'm
1: I I am different to where I was 6 months ago. I would never thought I would be in this exact position
2: 6 months ago. No way. Exactly. And and I think that sometimes we again like Stability is great. I'm actually a strong believer in stability. I get really, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty chicken, right? Um, but it's just like working within who you are as a person or like what works for you because I think if I had taken more risks and been more open, I would have had more room for for different things to come towards me. But when I was trying to fit who I thought I, meant, I was meant to be as an artist into where I was back then, it's sort of like... When your parents are telling you certain things in like grade school or high school and they're like for instance like you need your license or like you need to start saving in this way or like you shouldn't spend your money or like you shouldn't blow your credit card and in your head you're thinking like oh they're just they're just bad vibes you know but then the older that you get the more you start to understand like older people are not as naive as we think they are they have some some kind of life experience right but your perspective is just not broad enough to really grasp that but if you make yourself even just receptive your your perspective doesn't have to be that broad but if you make yourself pers- like receptive you you give room and space for those things to come in and i think it's sort of the same thing like when you're when you have a business you know when you make space that's when things come in so if you're trying to constrict yourself or restrict yourself to be in a certain box or make your your entrepreneurship journey look a certain way in my opinion no offense but you're bound to fail you know like if you're if you're willing to be open and receptive and learning and and you're okay with making mistakes 100% go for it
0: Absolutely. That's just very inspiring and empowering advice. Thank you. You're very no, I feel like,
1: I feel like starting a new venture now. I feel so empowered by that. I feel like, man, what else can I start? <laughs> what else have I always wanted to do? <laughs> no, that's awesome. Um, well, thank you so much, Sam, for joining us today. I have truly loved talking about like everything with you um you are so inspiring to listen to and just the way that you you see yourself and and your business and life and your emotions is really just so beautiful to hear um and uh i hope and i well i know everybody else who is listening to this is going to feel the same but uh, but thank you so much for for being on this episode with us
0: thank you yes i definitely have a lot um of things that I'm taking away and just gonna reflect on in terms of connecting more with my emotions and um, yeah, I feel I feel pretty inspired to maybe go and and later on do some some artwork. <laughs> so thank
2: you, Sam. That's amazing. You guys are very welcome, and thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, for having me on here and kind of listen to me go off on a tangent a few times. Um. I love it. (laughs) I'm so, and I'm so happy you were at, you are our first
1: guest. So this is, uh, this is really, uh, this is a, really cool for everyone. So thank you. And yes, tangents are great. Um, and, uh, us creatives, we always go off on them. Um, so it, uh, it has been lovely to, uh, to speak with you. I will, uh, I will put Sam's, um, social handles in the show notes. So you guys can all go follow her uh, on social media and, and see what she's getting up to. And, uh, I would love, love and I'm sure Sarah you want to as well I want to go to one of your classes yeah. now oh, for sure. that would
2: be amazing like
1: a hundred percent I really want to do that I think that would be so we should do a Dufferin media thing that's a great Sarah. idea we should get everybody to go to the class that's a great idea you know really cool. that would be a very nice yeah. a lunch and learn yeah. thing for one month yes. that would be September super cool. lunch and yes I love it I'm I'm in good we're idea. organizing it I want to get messy with paint Yep. That's yay <laughs> yay <laughs> um, okay well we hope that after listening to this you now feel inspired motivated and most of all in